competition, turn to the person next to you right now. Give a big smile and say, don't you wish you looked as good as I do tonight? He does. All right. Very, very good. All right, I'm looking for the advancer. I think maybe I set it down or whatever. Oh, you have it. Very, very good. Very good. All right. When he was at the place, this he is our Jesus. And if somehow we could somehow time warp into heaven and we had literally like 30 seconds in the face of Jesus to ask him one big, big, big question, how we can make it more consistently through our life, you know what he would tell us to do? He'd tell us to turn in his Bible too because everything we need to find victory in this life is in this book. It really is. All these words were breathed by God before any word ever reached the pen of man and went through the mind of God. This is God's thought life. So if you want to know how God thinks, then you study Jesus Christ, who was the visible icon of the invisible God, Colossians 1. And this is what Jesus said, pray, that you enter not to temptation. Pray. Lord, I, I struggle with this over and over and over. How can I finally find victory? Pray that you enter not to temptation. And the victory and success in your prayer life is probably pretty equal to the victory or success in your thought life. And we could spend hours talking about prayer, but usually all I have to do is ask simple questions like, where's your closet? Where do you go? to shut the door so the world disappears so you can quietly kneel before God. So you can talk to him, and through his word, he can talk to you. We live in a pretty noisy world, don't we? What's your first name right here? All right, could you guys hear what we're saying back there? You know why? Two reasons. One, could be a little noisy in here, but number two, you're too far away. If I'm ever to understand and hear the still, small voice of my Lord, as he brings to mind through his spirit what I'm reading in this book, real close to God so I can hear him. You draw near to God, he will draw near to you. That is a promise, and God never, ever breaks his promise. Guys, we can be as close to God as we want to be. Tomorrow we're going to talk about meditation and how it can truly impact your mind. But the bottom line in success, victory, consistency, and thought life, it comes down to who and what you love. I'm glad you guys came. I'm glad you're going to come tomorrow. But did you know I can already tell you what you're going to do two years from now? I can you're going to do what you love. And if you love your God and you love your wife and you love your kids, you're going to be pure. If you love you and you want to give yourself the buzz and the thrills, and the, then you're going to continue in this sin. The Shema, the greatest of all commandments is the greatest way to live. To love your Lord your God with all your heart and your soul and your mind, your strength with our young guys that are here, the teens, I'm for every block and filter that you can find, okay? 
But there are not enough blocks, there's not enough filters, there are not enough camps, there's not enough conferences. This is a love issue. You will do what you love. And the one way that you increase in your love for God, there's actually two. One is obvious. We spend time with him, right? Does anyone know the second one? It's a very biblical principle. What is the second way to increase in your love for God? One, you, you talk to him, you read his word, you spend time with him, just like you would your wife, okay? You fall in love with him the more you're with him. What's the second? Somebody raise a hand and tell me. What's the second way? That, yes. Okay, that is a example, consequence of loving him. Act on it. Again, that expresses your love to God. Meditation will increase it. That's part of the spending time with God. It's found, yes. That's, again, expressing your love for God. All these things are good and wonderful, but what motivates our love for God, what makes us love him more? One is spending time with him, realizing how great he is and how wonderful he is and how good he is to us. But there is an opposite. It's found in Luke, I think it's chapter 7. Jesus was invited basically to a meal with some preachers. And while they were down leaning on their elbow eating, a wicked woman, probably a prostitute, came in. And she was weeping at his feet. He gave the parable to the one Pharisee about a guy that owed, we'll say, 500,000 and a guy that owed 5,000. Who will love more? The one who is forgiven the most. To whom much is forgiven, they will love much. Never ignore the depravity of our own hearts. Don't think how good you are and how good you do. Think about how wicked you are. Don't ever, ever, ever forget what God has saved you from in the past and by his grace from in the future. Because I, I have summer staffs that come in over 40 years of counselors who have Bible degrees and pastors who bring their teenagers and these guys, some of them are so far from God right now. And we'll sit here and say, never, ever, it'll never happen to me that I would ever cheat on my wife or molest a kid. We have to be aware of the gravity of our own depravity. When you, now, some of you guys have been saved since you're five or six and you never robbed a bank and so forth, and then some of us have pasts. And when I think that God chose me, I tell you, I don't understand how you can pick up any arrogance in that. It shocks me. Why me? I know a lot of people that are much better than me. And why God chose me, it just makes me want to weep. Why me? Why do I get to know God? He is so loving to me, even when I am so wicked. He knows my name. He knows when I'm going to fall, and he still loves me. It is an amazing thing to realize that this wonderful, holy God loves wicked me. And I just say, Lord, thank you. I don't deserve this, Lord. Thank you, thank you, thank you. Be aware of your own potential wickedness. And then lean on God and love him more and more as you spend time with him and realize what he's done for us. One of the best ways to express your love to the Lord is just tell him, okay? Tell him. Um, when he was at the place, he said to them, pray that you enter not temptation. With this in mind, 
What we're going to do tonight, we're only going to be here about another 40 minutes. I understand we're supposed to be here till 945. You're going to get off about an hour early, okay? Maybe 45 minutes. I encourage you to have a morning prayer. Even before you asking for God's protection, focus on his grace. I need you, and I'll show you these verses in just a minute. And then every day, if you could pray for some people that you really care about, like your sons, your grandsons, pray for protection. Pray for the future husbands of your daughters and granddaughters. You young guys, pray for your future wife. Lord, I trust you to encourage those I love. And then an evening prayer for purity every night. Thank God for his protection. Focus on the goodness of God. Lord, thank you. When somebody says, hey, have a good day, what does that mean? We'll go to Psalm 63. In David's life, you know what a good day is? A good day is a day that starts with the Lord and ends with the Lord. So as we even look at these, uh, if you're like me, and I don't have time to really explain all this that you would talk about here in the as aspect of prayer, but sometimes our prayers get a little robotic. And sometimes, I'm not trying to embarrass anyone, but your kids can lip sync to your prayers at a meal. And sometimes even your public prayer at church, they know exactly what you're going to say and what phrase, okay? Because we get scared and we just talk so we sound spiritual rather than we forget we're talking to God, okay? And sometimes it's great just to start digging into Scripture. So, in other words, and we're going to look at these verses again here, but more... In the morning, rising up a great while before day, he went out and departed to a solitary, lonely place, and I prayed, this is our Lord. This is Jesus, the Son of God. What an example. <clears throat> and I know there's morning people and night people, but guys, honestly, if I go through a list of the men that I know today that are having a very, very strong impact on eternity and lives, they get up early in the morning. I know some guys can study at night, but they get up early before anyone else is up and they spend that precious time with God. An example by our Lord. Psalm 139, oh, just to open your Bible and pray this, search me, O God, and know my heart. Try me, test me, and know my thoughts. Lord, please see if there's any wicked way in me. Show me. Show me if I've been selfish. Show me if I've been harsh with my wife. Show me if I've been non-caring. Show me if I've been lazy in my devotional life or prayer life. Lord, show me. Open up my heart, my eyes to that. Order my steps in thy word. Please, Lord, and let not any iniquity have dominion over me. The word order does not mean to command. It means to set in an orderly fashion. Lord, please, you're in charge of where I go. And don't let any sin dominate me. I don't want to become habituated to any sin, Lord. Please help me with this. We looked at this verse earlier. Let the words of my mouth and the meditation of my heart be acceptable in thy sight, O Lord, my strength and redeemer. Now, if you can pray through this from your heart and truly, truly mean it. These are morning prayers for purity, okay? Every morning you ask God for his protection. You focus on the grace of God, Lord, I need you. Then, prayer partners for purity, Every day, pray for the protection of those you love. Focus on the power of God. Lord, I trust you. Confess your faults one to another. Pray for one to another that you may be healed. The effectual fervent prayer of a righteous man avails much. I remember I was reading through this, and I got so bummed. I did. I was reading say, oh, stink. I'm not very righteous sometimes. Wow. 
why should I pray? I really, I was sat there reading almost in tears, and then it hit me. When I got saved, not only was my sin taken away, but my precious Lord, he credited to my account his righteousness. Sweet, I'm righteous, I can pray, okay? That was such a good feeling, okay? Moreover, as for me, God forbid that I should sin against the Lord in ceasing to pray for you. But I'll teach you the good and the right way. Only fear the Lord and serve him in truth with all your heart. Consider how great things he has done for you. And I have two grown kids, and they're both small that way sometimes. And it hit me. My daughter, she's 35. She has seizures sometimes. When she's younger, she had them a lot. And I pray, Lord, please take these seizures away from her. Maybe God wants Anna to have seizures. So she trusts him more. Financial issues for my son and his wife. Maybe God wants them to struggle so they learn that he will supply that daily manna, okay? So then I studied in Colossians, all of a sudden it hit me. Now, Colossians is one of the longest sentences. It's a run-on sentence, okay? It's a long, long prayer. But if you want to break it down, three simple thoughts. This is what I pray for my grown kids every day of my life. Lord, keep my kids in your will. Keep them in your word. And do something to make them thankful for their salvation today. That's what that long prayer says. Lord, keep my kids in your will. Keep them in your word. And do something to make them thankful for their salvation. And I never want to sin against my kids by not praying that for them. Colossians 1.9. For this cause, since the day we heard it, don't cease to pray for you. And to desire that you might be filled with knowledge of his will and all wisdom and spiritual understanding. That you might walk worthy of the Lord and underpleasing and fruitful every good work. Increasing in the knowledge of God. Strengthened with all might according to his glorious power and to patience and longsuffering and joyfulness. Have you ever taken these kind of verses and slowly start praying them for the people you love? Every single little phrase. That's what Paul did for those young believers. We can do the same, can't we? Two are better than one for they have a good reward for their labor. But the one fall, the one will lift up his fellow. Woe to him that is alone and falls and hath not another to help him up. I hope your kids, your friends, always know that you're there for them, okay? These are prayer partners for purity. And again, I'll show you what we're going to do in just a second. The last one is an evening prayer for purity. Every night, thank God for the protection he gave you. Focus on the goodness of God. Lord, I love you. Psalm 119, 2 Samuel 22, and Psalm 25. I have inclined my heart to perform thy statutes all way, even to the end. I hate vain thoughts, but thy law do I love. Thou art my hiding place, my shield. I hope in thy word. Depart from me, evildoers, you tempters, whether it be online or in a magazine or on TV or on your phone. For I will keep the commandments of my God. Uphold me according to thy word that I might live. Let me not be ashamed of my hope. I will call on the Lord who is worthy to be praised. Lord, thank you for saving me, for saving me from my enemies today. Thank you for the victory that you gave. We've had a wonderful day of purity. Thank you, Lord. Unto thee, O Lord, do I lift up my soul. O my God, I trust in thee. Let me not be ashamed. Let not mine enemies triumph over me. And thank you, Lord, for another great day that my enemies did not triumph. And that was because of you and because of your grace. Focus every night on God's goodness. Lord, I love you. Now, these are three simple ways that we can pray. Learning to pray through Scripture is so very, very important. So here's what we're going to do. I want you to get in a group of four. 
three, four, five. No more than five in your group. Right in here. You can move to the side around the table. And what I want you to do is take your Bible. You'll see all the references are here. And as a table group or a group, you can choose to either pray for purity, pretend it's in the morning or night, or you can do the prayer partner. What I want you to do is you pray clockwise, okay? If you're in a round circle or in a round group, you just pray for the person next to you or right around. If you get done with the morning prayer and we still have some time, go ahead and do the evening prayer too, okay? But I want us to actively learn how to pray for each other. This is a command of God that we pray for each other and pray that you enter not to temptation. If this could become a habit in our life for our kids, oh, what a difference, okay? There's two ways to stay away from sin. The Lord told us one tonight, pray that you enter not into temptation. The other one you know well. So I'm one night come to you and share one or two of the verses you've been memorizing the past couple weeks. Because I promise whatever you're memorizing will be a blessing to others. Let's start with, uh, everybody's looking away from me. Pray, memorize, that we do not sin. And what two areas, guy, as men, do we struggle with consistency more in? You know, come on. We sometimes spend more time and more money on our trucks than we do our spiritual lives. That doesn't make a lot of sense. So my prayer is, as you would learn to pray, as I would learn to pray, I would learn to love my Lord more. And as I do pray, and even when I fail, and guys, you will, the difference between a godly man and an ungodly man is not how many times they fall. It's how many times they get back up. Never, ever stay down. Though a just man falls seven times, completely fall, get back up again. If we confess our sins, he is faithful to forgive, and he will, okay? So when you fall by faith, say, Lord, please, I'm so sorry. Please forgive me, and he will. Remember, confess, homo legato, to speak the same. True confession is agreeing with God about your sin. I hate it, and I wish I'd never, ever, ever, ever be a part of my life again. But that's true confession. So as we walk through this prayer time, I trust it will be a blessing to you, okay? So spread out, and in a few minutes, we're going to give you about probably 10 to 12 minutes here. And then we're going to bring it back and close it together. But take three or four guys in your little group, find a place, and we'll start praying here in just a minute or so. Okay, let's go. And Father, thank you that you have given us such a privilege that we truly can come to you any time, day, any time at night, come to you in prayer. You tell us to pray without ceasing. You tell us to come with our hearts filled with thanksgiving. Father, thank you that you encourage us to come boldly, confidently before you, knowing that every single time you will give us grace to help. And it's like we're in a time of need, like every minute of our lives. So thank you, Father, that we can pray and ask you for strength. Thank you that we can pray for our friends and our family. Just thank you for this wonderful privilege that you've given us. And may we never neglect such a privilege as we have to come to you and pray as we pray in the name of Jesus. Amen. Come on back to the middle quickly. <laughs> All right. Tonight we talked about the warning from the prophet Ezekiel. 
And uh, we certainly, as God's people, don't want to learn to love something more than we love our God. And there is power in prayer. And there's power in praying for each other. And I hope even what we just did be an encouragement for you, okay? But you know, the struggle that we face, we're going to fall. We're going to raise up again. We're going to fall. And even when we fall and we come to him and ask forgiveness, he is so quick to forgive. And the bottom line is it's just how, not, not how much do we love our God, but just how much he loves us. Have you ever thought about that? And just keeps loving us.